Hello, this is Heather Gibo, one of the deacons from the Virgin's Congregational Church. This podcast includes portions of our service from May 15, 2022. The scripture for later in the lesson today are from Psalm 148 and Acts chapter 11, 1 through 18.
morning. This is the day that God has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. My name is Elliot Munn, and I am the pastor here of the Virgins Congregational Church, an open and affirming congregation of the United Church of Christ. Know that whoever you are, wherever you are on your life or faith journey, you're welcome here with us. I'd like to extend a special greeting to folks um, who might be new with us this morning or we haven't seen in a while. If there's prayers or any notes that you'd like to share uh, with the staff or contact information, you're welcome to share it on those little index cards in your, in your pews in front of you. Please rise and body your spirit for a call to worship. The God of heaven has made a home on earth. Christ dwells among us and is one with us. The highest in all creation lives among the least. Christ journeys with the rejected and welcomes the weary. Come now all who thirst and drink the water of life. Come now all who hunger and be filled with good things. Come now all who seek, and be warmed by the fire of love. Please join me in prayer. God of our minds, God of our hearts, God of our bodies and our souls, we offer you all that we are and all that we aren't. We offer you our fears and confusions, our hopes and our dreams. We offer these knowing that they will be changed knowing that we will be transformed by your love. 
In Christ's name we ask it. Amen. reading is Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, 
all his host. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He established them forever and ever. He fixed their bounds, which cannot be passed. Praise the Lord from the earth, you sea monsters and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and frost, stormy wind fulfilling his command, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, creeping things and flying birds, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all rulers of the earth, young men and women alike, old and young together. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above earth and heaven. He has raised up a horn for his people, praise for all his faithful, for the people of Israel who are close to him. Praise the Lord. And this, the second reading is from the book of Acts, uh, verse 11, uh, chapter 11, verses 1 to 18. Now the apostles and the believers who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also accepted the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him, saying, Why did you go to uncircumcised men and eat with them? Then Peter began to explain it to them step by step, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners, and it came close to me. As I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I replied, By no means, Lord for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time, the voice answered from heaven, What God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times. Then everything was pulled up to heaven again. At that very moment, three men sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. The Spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction not to make a distinction between them and us. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, just as it had upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, 
how he had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder God? When they heard this, they were silenced, and they praised God, saying, Then God has given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. All right, how many of you know the story of Peter and Cornelius Cold? Raise your hand if you know it cold. One, that's pretty good. The rest of you, you're getting a little extra Bible lesson this morning, so bear with me. Now, the Acts of the Apostles in the Gospel of Luke, they share the same author. Although the compilers of the Bible separated them with the Gospel of John, the two books are meant to be two parts of a larger sustained narrative. In part one, the Gospel of Luke, the good news of Jesus Christ comes to Jewish communities around the Galilee and Jerusalem, and only a small number of people truly receive it. Part two, Acts, is all about how the good news spreads through the work, or Acts, of the apostles and the Holy Spirit. So we have followed this thread for the last few weeks in our readings, right? We've had, this is our third week in a row with reading from Acts. So two weeks ago, we heard the story of how Saul becomes the Apostle Paul. Last week, we heard of how Peter raised the disciple Tabitha to continue her ministry in Joppa, a coastal city with both Jews and Gentiles. This week, Peter is in Jerusalem. The believers there are skeptical of the work Peter did in Caesarea, which is north of Joppa on the Mediterranean coast of what is first century Palestine. So you got the geography there, kind of? All right. Jerusalem, inland, Joppa on the coast, Caesarea just north of it. Caesarea was an imperial port um, north of Joppa, and Peter offers his defense to these um, believers in Jerusalem of how the gospel spread in the chapter we skipped this week um, from last week. So this reading was from chapter 11. Our reading last week was from chapter 9. We skipped chapter 10, right? So let me catch you up. There is a Roman centurion named Cornelius in Caesarea. He's generous enough, right? Pious enough, and doggone it, people like him. Thanks, Gene. Is that you? All right. An angel appears to Cornelius and tells him to connect with Peter. Being a powerful man, Cornelius sends his crew right away to bring Peter from Joppa to Caesarea. Now, before they arrive, a famished Peter has his own vision of an enormous picnic blanket carrying all sorts of animals descending from the sky. That's the reading that we just heard, or actually a retelling of what happened in chapter 10. That's what we heard in our reading from chapter 11. Confused yet? Maybe a little. Okay. 
So God then tells Peter after he sees this big flying picnic blanket to kill and eat, right? But the rub is that Jewish law prohibits the observant from eating these particular animals. God's, when Peter protests, God says to him, what God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happens three times before the picnic blanket ascends back into heaven. And we don't know if Peter actually got anything to eat. But what we do know is that as soon as he awakes from this trance, Cornelius' band shows up where Peter is staying. And Peter understands this vision that he just had as more than about food, right? Just sort of what Liam was talking about. He goes with them north to Caesarea to meet Cornelius and his friends and family. And trusting that God shows no partiality, he preaches the gospel to this group of Gentiles, and he goes on to baptize them all, and thus the gospel spreads, right? That's the theme of the gospel of Acts, or of the Acts of the Apostle. The gospel spreads. And the proof of the gospel spreading throughout Acts, the proof is the reports of these conversions, like what we had today. And when we heard about Jesus coming to Paul, bringing him to his knees on the road to Damascus, there's a blinding light, an immediate change in Paul's life, right? The break between the old Saul and the new Paul is clear. When we think of conversions, we think of, typically, Paul, right? Now, this way of thinking about conversion was reinforced back in the old days of congregationalism when you would become a new member, you would have to stand in front of the congregation and offer a testimony of Christ's transformational work in your life, right? So higher bar for entry or just a little bit different, perhaps. When you read these, you get, it gives one an incredible sense of how seismic the change was in people's lives before and after Jesus entered Then after you read some more, you come to realize that they all begin to sound awfully similar, right? To steal the words of a hymn writer from several hundred years ago, you hear these words. Jenny, give me a help. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved us. That sounds a lot like what we heard two weeks ago, right? Riffing on Paul's conversion. These stories are beautiful, dramatic, and if God saved you from something as dramatic as murder in the case of Paul, or the Atlantic slave trade in the case of the author of Amazing Grace, you might feel that too. So what about Christians, right? Those of us on this path who haven't felt those same sparks. It's easy to envy the dynamite, the unbelievable conversion stories. Perhaps we've never had one 
or it was so long ago that such grace does not feel as alive or present to us. We like church services, we like helping other people, we like the people at church, but God is not bowling us over. We might be frustrated with this, silently crying out, hey God, why aren't you sharing that good Holy Spirit with me? Peter's story from today reflects God's promise that we are more than made one and done after a conversion. The good news is that the winding path of discipleship begins with conversion and then it continues with renewal. To draw on one of the metaphors we've been using throughout the season, conversion might give us sight, but renewal encourages us to look up, look down, look all around, right? For Jesus making the world anew. Today's, readings, today's reading offers both conversions and renewal. Peter's renewal begins with God shaking up a core element of Peter's identity with his command to kill and eat the unclean animals. Dietary restrictions protected Jewish communities from assimilation into the dominant surrounding culture. To eat such food under the conditions of occupation would be a major blow to one's self-image and perhaps make one even a traitor. When Cornelius' men come to make Peter, to take Peter to see this good occupier, right? Good occupier, right? That must have felt, Peter must have felt like he was going to see an oxymoron face to face. And yet his mind jumps back to the dream. No one is unclean. God shows no partiality. The love of God in Jesus Christ extends even to the Gentiles. The conversions Peter witnesses affirm a renewal taking place within him. If even his enemies, the people he distinguishes from himself, can receive the good news, the vision must be true. God is still working on Peter long after Jesus first invited him to drop his fishing nets and follow. One could easily say that conversion and renewal are simply part of the same process. Despite of how trite initial conversion stories can be, our forebears in faith understood them fully well as the beginning of a conversion process. One scholar writes, Protestant reformers were so convinced that sin is so deep-rooted in human thinking and willing, that the gospel is so demanding and different, that only a lifetime of conversion can change us into the new creations God has in mind for us. Right? We may not use the word sin as much these days, but we are still acutely aware of our brokenness and our limitations I would even say we have more precise language to describe how the failures of systems separate us from God and each other. Now, in my office is a set of old books 
that contain the minutes of decades of church meetings. Mike and I like to joke that really all these have are just accounts of the liberal disciplining of members for their supposed sins, right? Dancing, playing cards, hot drinks. <laughs> to be honest, I actually haven't read them. <laughs> that formulation is just a ripoff of an old Calvinist named Abraham Kuyper. But nevertheless, right, their comfort with discussing sin as much as they did made them more aware, I think, of God's grace. They can keep that personal, interpersonal legalism, but we want, right, we want their faith that they had, but made it real for them. Doesn't matter how old or young we are or how many times we've been to church, I think we want something like this. Spirit of the no accident that so many of these moments in our lives happen as we listen to music. It is the musical parts of our worship when our heads and our hearts come together and we open ourselves up to see what God is doing within us and around us. We're so blessed to have you, Jenny for so long as an organist and a friend. You've been a critical part of making the grace of God something we can feel in our bones. Thank you for walking this journey with us as God converts us to deeper faith again and again. Amen.
Let us continue in the spirit of prayer. God of the journey, thank you for being our constant companion. Sure, there are moments we feel your presence more clearly when our faith is brilliant and bright and also times when it is stale and dry or something in between, you are at work in all of it, calling us into deeper faith and greater reliance on your grace. We are so easily distracted and still you invite us to see the world as you do. A beautiful canvas of new creation that is not yet finished. You invite us to enjoy it. You invite us to participate in creating with you. And so we thank you, God, for the beauty and the blessings all around us. For spring rain after an abundance of sun and heat for inspiring music, for friendship. God, we ask you to hold those close who are sick in mind, body, and spirit, and also their caregivers. We hold in prayer Ginny Ferris and her family, and we pray for all who are struggling still with COVID. And God, the news of the shooting in Buffalo shocks us, but unfortunately it no longer surprises us. We ask you to heal our country of our racism in the small, in the mundane, and then the gross acts that we saw yesterday. God, heal us. And we pray for those who are desperate and lonely. Let them feel your companionship and connect them with friends and resources to help them thrive. Oh God, where we have fallen short, forgive us. Convert us again and again to a faith that is more real, more centered on the loving compassion of Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Creator, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever.
friends, our church family is constantly changing. People come and go, babies are born, children grow up. People commit themselves to one another. Loved ones and friends among us come to the end of their lives. Individuals move into our community and church life. Others leave us, moving away to new places, new experiences, and new opportunities. It is important and right that we recognize these times of passage, of endings and beginnings. Today, we share the time of farewell with Jenny, a friend of ours who is leaving. Jenny, it's, I mean, there's been an outpouring of love for you for months, right? Ever since you shared the news. But is there anything that you'd like to share with us before you go? I probably won't be very eloquent, but um, yeah, just moving here from Ohio and, you know, I'd, I'd been in the med- Midwest all my life and uh, didn't know what to expect when I came to Vermont. Doing graduate school is super isolating um, and I, I didn't realize I would like find a whole family here. Um, you all uh, really helped me grow throughout my 20s. Um, helped me reconnect with God, and uh, I just felt totally embraced with love. So keep doing what you do, and um, I'll, I'll keep you all in my prayers and hope to connect from afar. So, Yeah, and hopefully, you know, we'll welcome you back to time, to time as a friend, right? A visitor. So before we go, we're going to say a little prayer for you, right? And so... Normally, we'd do a little bit of a laying on of hands, but, you know, it's COVID time, so everybody can put a little hand up like this, right? Here, let us pray. God, whose everlasting love for all is trustworthy, help each of us to trust the future which rests in your care. The time we were together in your name saw our laughter and tears our hopes and disappointments. Guide us as we hold these cherished memories, but move in new directions until that time to come when we are completely one with you and with each other. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
May God bless you and keep you. May God make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God lift up her countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.